everybody. Welcome to the Game Before the Money podcast, celebrating pro and college football history. This episode, Stories from the Vault with Walt Garrison. Featuring bonus material from interviews for the book, The Game Before the Money. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Game Before the Money podcast. I'm Jackson Michael, author of the Game Before the Money, Voices of the Men Who Built the NFL. The book is an oral history of pro football featuring interviews with 40 NFL legends whose careers started between the 1930s and 1970s. The book is published by the University of Nebraska Press, and they are offering a code to get 50% off the retail price for a limited time. And I'll let you know how to get that deal later in this episode. But first, we're going to dig into our second Stories from the Vault episode. This one with Dallas Cowboys legend Walt Garrison. The Stories from the Vault series features interview material that didn't make it into the book, The Game Before the Money, for one reason or another. I first met Walt Garrison at the Texas Sports Hall of Fame and then got to interview him in 2011 at his ranch in Texas. And you can imagine how fantastic it was just to be able to sit at his kitchen table and hear him share so many great stories from his time with the Dallas Cowboys, with Coach Tom Landry. Walt played for the Cowboys from 1966 through 1974. He started at running back for the Cowboys in Super Bowl V and Super Bowl VI. You can read more about his career at thegamebeforethemoney.com in the football biography section. And of course, you can read many wonderful stories of his in the book. This podcast, though, is an excellent opportunity for you to hear Walt Garrison share a few stories and get a sense of what it's like to sit down and hear him talk about the golden era of the 1960s and 1970s with the Dallas Cowboys and even take us onto the field and into the huddle with quarterbacks Don Meredith and Roger Staubach. Walt grew up near Dallas. He shared with me a story about how one of the Dallas Texans came to his school to speak to his class. For those of you who aren't as familiar with football history, the Texans later moved to Kansas City and are now known as the Kansas City Chiefs. Dallas didn't start a pro football team until, what, 1960? Right. The Dallas Texans were here, uh, and I, I liked them only because Abner Haynes, who was a halfback for him, he came down to high school and gave a little talk one time about and when he was at North Texas State, which is right up here in Denton. So he was one of my heroes because then he played with the Kansas City Chief. Some of you know that Walt Garrison played college ball at Oklahoma State and then was drafted by both the Kansas City Chiefs of the American Football League and the Dallas Cowboys of the National Football League. He signed with the Cowboys and played in several collegiate all-star games like the East-West Shrine Game and the college all-star game. As a result, he arrived at the Cowboys training camp a bit late. 
In fact, he said some of the players had already been cut by the time he got there. He said the training camp's facilities were rather simple. We were at California Lutheran College, uh-huh. and uh, we lived in a dorm, you know. And I got a picture out there I'll show you in a minute of one of the beds. It's about this wide. It's just like it's a dorm room. We lived on the second floor because we were rookies. All the veterans were on the bottom floor. And we practiced at their practice field and played the inter-squad game on their game field. And that's about it, you know. I mean, it's just, uh, it was just like being at Oklahoma State in a dorm room. Cafeteria is the same. You went and eat breakfast, lunch, and supper over at, uh, you know, you had to walk over from the dorm to the dining hall. That's about it. <laughs> it's, you know, it wasn't anything special. That was the Dallas Cowboys training camp of 1966. While Garrison was one of only a handful of rookies to make the team, he told me how he became roommates with Dan Reeves, who later became head coach of the Denver Broncos, New York Giants, and Atlanta Falcons. In fact, Reeves and I started rooming together my rookie year after the season started. I don't know who he was rooming with, but whoever it was got traded or, or got cut. And so back then, veterans picked rookies. They picked who you want to room with. So he said, you room with me on the road and stuff. I said, why would you pick me? He said, because I can understand you. He's from Georgia. You know, he's from America's <laughs> Georgia and talk real slow and stuff, you know. Walt added that Reeves was a student of the game even back then when Dan Reeves was early in his career as a running back for the Dallas Cowboys. Walt told a funny story that illustrates just how serious Reeves took to understanding the Cowboys offense, even to the point that Reeves surprised Cowboys quarterback Don Meredith right in the middle of a game. In fact, he corrected Meredith in a playoff game. Meredith called the wrong audible. And Reeves, who was playing halfback, I don't know, he was like 36-something. He said, yeah, 36. And uh, Reeves said, 37, Don, which it was going to the other side. And uh, he said, uh, yeah, 37, you know. Yeah, and Meredith, if he was still alive, would tell you the same story. But having Reeves and Perkins help me uh, is probably one of the reasons I made the team. Garrison spent a good amount of his rookie year on special teams. He averaged over 20 yards per kickoff return. I asked him about the difference between returning kickoffs and punts. Can you um, can you describe to me what that's like when, when the ball's coming at you and you got all those guys coming at you? Well, kickoffs are not too bad because the ball gets there before they do, you know, before the other players get there, the, the opposing team. Uh, punts are a little scary because you're standing, you got to watch the ball, you know, and you know there's people coming right at you, and uh, that's a little scary. But uh, kickoffs are just, you know, I mean, it's you got 10, 15 yards away from the closest guy when you catch the ball. Punch, you got like from me to you, you know, <laughs> when you catch the ball. So uh, they're a little more harried. Garrison, of course, played for the Dallas Cowboys under legendary coach Tom Landry. He spoke a bit about how Landry organized team meetings to prepare for upcoming games. You have meetings every day, you know. Coach Landry wasn't in the meeting. I mean, he was in the meetings at the start of the meetings, but then he left. You know, he'd go from one meeting to the other to see what they were doing, you know. 
because he already had it all planned out and he knew what they're supposed to be doing. And uh, he would give us a little talk at the start of the meeting and then we'd break up into offense and defense. And uh, Ermel Allen, offensive coordinator, uh, ran the offensive meetings. But no, Coach Landry wasn't, you know, he didn't sit down and visit with anybody. Did he address the team as a whole? How, oh yeah, how every day. About that? Uh, uh, but it was all football, you know. We watched the films after we won or lost a game, you know. Uh, the next day, or let's see, Monday, Tuesdays, play on Sunday, we had Mondays off. And Tuesdays was film session, you know, light workout. And But he addressed the team every day. You know, he'd talk about what happened in practice the day before or what happened in the game, and he'd go over the game films. But in practice, every day, the, uh, we had one big team meeting, and then we broke up, like I said, into special teams and, and uh, uh, offense and defense. What were the special teams meetings like? Special teams is a team, just like offense and defense. It's, so it's, uh, there's plays you run, you know, there's uh, uh, blocking assignments, uh, there's coverages, you know, when you're running down on punts and kickoffs, you have a certain lane to be in. Uh, when you're lined up on the line, the kicking teams, they used some of the linemen, but most of the people on the kicking teams were running backs and receivers because they could run faster and get down the field quicker, you know. Yeah, special teams was just another meeting you had to go to. <laughs> so, and Bob Lilly and them went because they were backups. Yeah, they were like the second or third team backup on the kicking teams, you know. Walt played with some legendary quarterbacks. Like many of you, I grew up during the Roger Staubach era and watched several of his great comebacks. When I sat down with Walt, I wondered what it was like to be there in the huddle with Roger Staubach thinking there might be some sort of Hollywood script of Staubach dropping inspirational speeches in the middle of games. But Walt says things are usually pretty straightforward in a pro football huddle. He also talked about sharing the huddle with Don Meredith as well. Well, Meredith was the, I mean, he would talk more in the huddle, you know. Roger didn't talk. I mean, they call plays. I mean, you don't have that long to call a play, and the plays are long in pro ball. You know, they have a lot of, a lot of different things they have to say because they have to. They call the line blocking, and originally the line blocking. It changes as the defense has changed, but uh, he called the plays. He called the routes. There's a lot of stuff you have to say in the huddle. So quarterbacks, the ones I played with, are not that. weren't that. I mean, they didn't say, hey, how you been? How's your wife, kids? And, you know, it was, it was strictly football out there. And, and you don't have that long between plays, you know, so you can't visit a lot. And the only thing Meredith or Starbuck could say, Meredith would say, okay, Frank, Frank Clark was tied in. What do you got? And he wouldn't say that till like the third quarter after he'd been playing the half, you know, and the guy's linebacker's been covering Frank Clark all day, so he knows what routes he can beat him on. And he'd say the same thing to Bob, you know, Hayes, you know, or Lance Rensel, or any of the receivers, you know, Pete Gent, you know, what you got? What'll work? And they'd say, X-43, okay, blam. And, you know, so there's not a lot of conversation goes on in the huddle except by the quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody talks in the huddle, ever. Or when Meredith was there or Staubach was there, no. I also got a chance to ask Walt a little bit about clutch players and making big plays. I mean, you take guys like Lily or Leroy or Dan Reeves. There's something about good players, mm-hmm. and they make good plays. And, and most of the good players uh, are clutch players. 
you know. I mean, quarterbacks, they don't throw to a guy that might catch it or might not catch it. They throw to somebody that can catch the ball and will uh-huh. catch the ball, you know. I mean, uh, Staubach, uh he throw to Lance Allworth, you know, in tough situations. Or Billy Truax, another tight end, uh, who could catch anything and would, you know. But, you, I mean, I know quarterbacks go to certain players in certain situations, you know, because they trust them. Waltz and the Cowboys made it to both Super Bowl five and Super Bowl six. They won Super Bowl six over the Miami Dolphins. Of course, you can read about both of those games in the book, The Game Before the Money. But you can also hear Bob Lilly share a lot about Super Bowl six in the Bob Lilly episode of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, which I also host. Here, though, is a story that Walsh shared about the Cowboys and Dolphins actually getting together one night before Super Bowl VI. Nick Bonacani and I were working for U.S. Tobacco. We were both doing, uh, he didn't do any ads, but he was doing some promotions for him and stuff. Uh, two days before the game, three days before the game, we all ate together, you know. I mean, it's like six or seven of us and six or seven of them, you know. Uh, and we didn't plan it, but we went to the same restaurant and we were all waiting on the table, and they said, instead of getting a table for eight, let's get one for 18. One other thing we discussed in the interview was the hard hits that players take in pro football. Garrison said that he often gets asked who hit the hardest, and his answer might surprise you because it's a man from a team that the Cowboys didn't play very often. And you respect the guys that hit you. The hardest, you know. You know, people say, who hit you the hardest? That's a hard question, you know, because you get hit a lot, you know. Willie Lanier from Kansas City, Mm -hmm. he was a tough son of a buck, you know. And he was short and could get up under you. And a running back, that's the worst thing in the world for somebody to get up under you and straighten you up, you know. You need that forward lean. And But he could, he would hurt you, you know. He he was little and powerful. I mean, he... I can remember getting hit by him several times. but uh, And somebody said, what about Butkus? I said, Butkus never got to hit me. <laughs> that I, I, I don't think. <laughs> you know, uh, I never took a head-on blow from Dick, and he's a, he's a good guy, too. That wraps it up for this edition of the Game Before the Money podcast. I hope you enjoyed getting to hear a few bonus stories from Walt Garrison. He's a great storyteller. Remember, you can read so much more in the book, The Game Before the Money, Voices of the Men Who Built the NFL, available at Amazon.com and other major booksellers. And for a limited time, you can get it from the University of Nebraska Press for 50% off. Just add the promotional code 6FALL20 in the shopping cart on their website. That's the number six, the word fall, and the number 20. I'll also post that code on the Game Before the Money's Facebook page. That promotional code is good until October 30th of 2020, and it's good for all orders in the U.S. and Canada. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Game Before the Money podcast. Upcoming episodes include a chat with Packers legend Boyd Dowler, 
a look at three games that changed the NFL with Upton Bell. And former Syracuse player John Logan, a member of the Syracuse 8, will be with us. You might remember hearing a bit about the Syracuse 8 on the Brief History of Football Protests episode of the Game Before the Money podcast. That episode and all episodes of the Game Before the Money podcast are available on your favorite podcast app and at thegamebeforethemoney.com. Transcripts of podcasts can also be found on thegamebeforethemoney.com in the podcast notes section. Transcriptions are powered by our transcription partner, Sonics. Spelled S-O-N-I-X. Visit sonics.ai to learn more. Thank you.